Hey guys, welcome to the SEC Block Party. My name is Andrew Pluggy, and sitting here next to me is my co-host and wonderful wife, Tori Pluggy. Hey everybody. If you never want to miss an episode, please make sure to go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at our username at SEC underscore Block Party. And if you do enjoy our podcast, please, please, please go rate and review us on iTunes and SoundCloud at, of course, the SEC Block Party. Uh, we had planned on doing South Carolina for a feature this week, but we had a guest, or our guest had a conflict, so we chose to do the feature on the Bulldogs uh, from the University of Georgia since they had a pretty awesome week of volleyball. Speaking of last week in volleyball, let's go over the conference standings. Sitting at number one still uh, is undefeated in SEC play, Ole Miss. We are actually receiving votes in the AVCA poll this week, along with Georgia, who's sitting at number two. They're also receiving some votes. Um, they're 5-1 and one in conference. Florida is ranked 13th um, in the country this week, and they're sitting at third in the conference, followed by 16th-ranked Kentucky. Alabama, Texas A&M, South Carolina follow. Then LSU and Tennessee are both tied for eighth place at 3-3 three and three in conference and 9-7 and seven overall. Missouri is actually sitting in 10th place, but they're ranked 25th in the country. Their conference record is actually just 2-2, two and two, so they've already had um, a handful of buys. So most teams have played uh, six matches where they've only played four. Um, Mississippi State's in 11th place. Auburn's in 12th, and Arkansas is in 13th. There was a couple games that we really loved last week. Uh, upsets, upsets, upsets. Lots of upsets last week in SEC play. We no, it will come to no surprise that we love the Ole Miss over Missouri, Missouri game on Wednesday for their first win over a ranked opponent since 2010. Uh, and then, of course, the Georgia over Kentucky game, which we'll be talking about in greater length later on in the episode, snapping their SEC win streak that goes all the way back to 2017. And we loved the five-set almost comeback from Texas A&M, Texas A&M against Florida. Yeah, um, so from some of those fun matches, we got some SEC Players of the Week. Our Offensive Player of the Week is Ole Miss's Nia Warnell. That's actually her second award this season. Um, she actually hit 500 over our last two matches with zero hitting errors, so just a little note there. Very impressive. The Defensive Player of the Week was Florida's uh, Lauren Dooley. She's a sophomore middle blocker. Um, she had um, 17 total blocks over their two wins last weekend. Uh, SEC Setter of the Week, LSU's Carly Rose. No surprise there. She's already won that award a, a handful of times. And SEC Freshman of the Week, Georgia's Casey Evans for the third time this season. Uh, a couple games we are looking forward to next week after all of this chat about last week. There we have Florida at LSU. The Baton Rouge Tigers have been a team that's competed with everyone so far in conference, um, and they're playing in Baton Rouge, so that's no easy feat for Florida. Uh, can this be their? Can this be LSU's first big conference win? We'll be watching. We hope you are too. And then also we have Texas A&M at Ole Miss, which will be a great match as the Rebels are trying to protect their home court against a feisty Texas, or Texas A&M team. So as we mentioned, our 
feature is going to be on uh, the University of Georgia. So just a couple background uh, pieces about their program. Their first season was in 1978. Their all-time record is 841 and 555. They've been to the NCAA tournament nine times, including three Sweet 16s. They've won two SEC championships back-to-back years in 85 and 86. And then they are now coached by head coach Tom Black, who's in his third season. All right, we have two really fun matches to get into, uh, but uh, let, let's just go ahead and get started. The Georgia Bulldogs are currently 13-4 and four on the year. Uh, they have only tallied one loss in conference this, this year so far. Uh, they're led by lone senior setter Megan Donovan. Uh, Georgia is on a really hot streak. They've been playing some incredibly good volleyball uh, so far in conference. Uh, they are a team that is very well coached by head coach Tom Black, as Tori just mentioned. Uh, who has also spent time this summer coaching the Canadian national team. Georgia, I'm, I'm sure, has been very pleased with the emergence of freshman outside hitter Casey Evans, who has been in a really big part of their offense uh, as SEC play has got has begun. Um, as Tori mentioned earlier, she's won Freshman of the Week already three times this year, so the uh, Big time play by a freshman there, Georgia. Uh, they had two big matches last year, or I'm sorry, last week on the docket. They traveled to number 12 Kentucky on Friday, and then they hosted a strong LSU team on Sunday. Um, in Lexington, Georgia got off to a really hot start, shocking the Wildcats by taking the first set. Georgia held control for most of that first set, only letting Kentucky get close towards the end, but ended up winning that one 25 to 23. Uh, set two looked like Kentucky had kind of settled in, taking a pretty or taking about a halfway through the set lead at seventeen to twelve. But Georgia was not done fighting; they stormed back and outscored Kentucky thirteen to six to finish off that set two. Uh, set three looked like Georgia was going to shock them at home, shock the home team uh, with a sweep as they went up nineteen to fifteen. But as good teams do. Kentucky was not about to let them off easy, and they went on a 10-1 run to end that set 25-20. Set four was all Kentucky. Uh, They took that set 25-15. So those of y'all who know volleyball might think that it's hard to come back to win a fifth set after a 10-point loss in that fourth set, but Georgia snapped back into beast mode for set five. They got off to a lead early. Um, They would take the set and the match 15-12. This was the first time that can or first win over Kentucky for Georgia since 2013, and like we mentioned earlier in the this podcast and the last podcast, it was Kentucky's first SEC loss since the 2017 season, uh, which is was just a 29 game win streak uh, getting snapped. That's a a big win for Georgia early in conference this year, um, and then. Moving onward to Sunday, uh, perhaps they started out a little worn out from their adrenaline-filled match on Friday, uh, but they came out a little bit slow in that first set against LSU and lost 25-16. to um, That way, that was a wake-up call for them moving forward, though. They started that second set much stronger, winning that one 25-18. The Docs kept the momentum in set three, taking the to set pretty decisively 25-16. to uh, LSU did not go quietly, though, uh, as a late 6-2 run propelled them to a victory in that fourth set, deciding that uh, deciding or heading into a deciding fifth set. Uh, LSU did take the early lead in set five and held the lead 
Um, and they held the lead for most of the set. Uh, with the score of 13-10, though, Georgia found a, a way to get three straight points to tie up that fifth set. And then a Taylor Bannister kill would actually give LSU match point, uh, but immediately followed that kill with a serving error, which just had to be brutal. Um, and then it, and it kept Georgia alive. Finally, Georgia had got the advantage in a match point with a kill from Kiana Young, uh, that victory was sealed by a Claire Rothenberger stepping back to the service line to deliver an ace, which I think is probably the coolest way to win a fifth set on an ace. Yeah, so talking about the miss serve on match point, there's a couple of times you don't miss serves. <laughs> Coach talk real quick. Match point is one of them. <laughs> After a timeout is another. After a teammate just missed a serve is another. Um, and the first point of the match is definitely a big one too. So big boo-boo there, but Georgia was able to finish strong and actually get an ace, which is ideal. Yeah. uh, This year, Georgia really might be my second favorite underdog team of the season. Uh, They had a big transfer loss, which I think we mentioned earlier uh, in the podcast this year, Tiara Caesar. And I don't think very many people expected the Bulldogs to come out so strong in SEC play. Um, I'm sure Coach Black is hoping for an NCAA bid, as most coaches are, uh, but they've got a pretty tough slate coming their way. They have Kentucky and Florida for a second time. They have Missouri and A&M and then have Ole Miss twice. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one thing, though. Uh, it's been a really, really fun season so far. The conference has just been has been very competitive and a lot of fun, um, and we. It's. I think it's refreshing to see some new faces competing very strongly in the sec i think it's long it's been a long time coming yeah i know we're having fun here at Ole miss yeah absolutely yeah it's been a fun season for us just (laughs) shocking some people and taking some names but um our guest today her name is annalyn smith she is a uga alum who currently works with me here at Ole miss she's an event manager for the athletic department and she found her unique niche in the sport world Hey, Annalyn, thanks for coming on. Hey, Tori, how's it going? Oh, we're great. Just excited to talk about Georgia a little bit. Um, so why don't you go ahead and get started with uh, telling us a little bit of your background, where you're from, uh, when you went to Georgia, and kind of your role within athletics. So I'm originally from Cartersville, Georgia, which is about 40 minutes north of Atlanta. And I went to Georgia from fall 2012 to spring 2016. And after I graduated in spring 2016, after being a student worker with the athletic department, I was offered a full-time internship with them. And I worked with the event management department within athletics there. And um, what do you do now at Ole Miss? The same kind of thing, just in a full-time role and more expansive and, uh, Specifically, I manage the pavilion at Ole Miss and the sporting events that go on in there. So you're from Georgia originally. Did you look at any other schools and then what ultimately brought you to Georgia? So I actually did look at other schools. Georgia was my backup school, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, it was just on a whim. My mom one night said, you should just probably apply to Georgia so you have a backup if you don't figure out what you want to do. And that was the big thing is mm-hmm. I originally didn't want to go to a big school somewhere like Georgia, but then 
the stars just aligned and I got into Georgia and I went and visited the campus. I was like, okay, yeah, I think I, I think I can go here. Well, Tori and I went in 2014 14. and we love the campus. I mean, I don't know how you tour that campus and then not immediately fall in love with Athens. I think it's a really cool spot. We uh, went for the uh, Clemson Georgia game. It was an impromptu stop. It was a lot of fun. We didn't have a dog in the fight, but I wore a Georgia t-shirt. Yeah, we, we <laughs> definitely rooted for Georgia. Yeah, You have to. If you're yeah. in Athens, you have to root for Georgia, no matter what. Yeah. Um, and so what prompted you then to start getting involved in athletics? My junior year, uh, they had an opening with the athletic department for a student worker position working in the guest services um, area, I guess you could say. And so working events uh, at sitting at a table, answering questions, helping fans with whatever they need. And that's kind of what I like to do. I like to be helpful and I like to help people. And that's how I got started in athletics. And then my senior year, a door opened from a full-time intern leaving and they needed some extra help. And I was asked to be more involved with event management at Georgia. And that's how I got involved with even knowing what event management was, because I had no idea that that was actually a job that someone had in an athletic department. (laughs) (laughs) And um, then it just, again, the stars just aligned and it all worked out to where I was able to stay at Georgia and continue to learn more and more about athletics. I think that's really cool. And I remember when my eyes kind of opened to what all goes on behind the scenes in athletics. And it was while I was a student and Tori and Tori and I were together at A&M. And you're right. You're, there's just this moment where you're like, holy cow, there's so much that goes on and is involved with just, and this is just volleyball, like just having a volleyball event at an arena in college. There's so much stuff. So I can't imagine like some of the other like bigger events, what all goes on in that. Um, so tell us a little bit about, your favorite tradition at Georgia? My favorite, I would say, established tradition that is for certain, I'd say 90% of the student body alumni current is the arch at Georgia, Mm -hmm. Uh, the whole superstition behind it. If you walk underneath it while you're a student there, you won't graduate on time. And I never walked under it, and I graduated on time. There you go. And so, uh, so clearly the superstition is true. But the uh, three pillars they um, each stand for something, and it's the foundation for the university, and it just means a lot to the whole university. So you said established tradition. Do you have an unestablished tradition that you uh, hold dear? Yes. So, and I again, I think there's a lot of people, especially when I was in school at Georgia football games, uh, they play Bob O'Reilly, and that's when you know like it's game time and the whole just stadium it just goes crazy everyone knows all right this is the time and it's it's just one of those songs forever now you get this feeling like okay this is good (laughs) songs remind you i feel like they have an emotional attachment to you for a specific reason yeah bring back brings back memory so i can understand that and you just went back to a game last weekend, so got to kind of relive um, your old college days. But was it was it the same same feeling? Did you still even going back as an alum? It's always you know everything always changes, and I've only been now three years out, and it's 
I don't know if it's just I feel like an old woman now and I go back like my old apartment they just opened a new Kroger gas station a block down the road and I was like oh my goodness this is <laughs> this is the best thing ever and um, it's always different and it's always see it's always fun to see all the updates and changes that the university continues to make. Is the town growing a lot? Is there a lot of room for growth in Athens? There is in a certain way. Um, I will say one of the more disappointing things is the downtown area is becoming more commercialized mm-hmm. instead of remaining within the hometown feel. And so like there's a Zaxby's and a urban outfitters downtown yeah. now. So it's, we have to fess up. We went to Mellow Mushroom when we went downtown in Athens that one night. Yeah, but we don't have those, so that was really fun. Yeah. We liked this. Truly, we went there and we we're like, "Oh, this is such a cool like local restaurant." We, we had no, no idea yeah. that Mellow Mushroom was a thing. No, we didn't know. We'd only ever been in Texas, and well, and we hadn't even. I think they have them now in Texas, but that's kind of beside the point. Um. Kind of going back to to working your game day ops and all that. Do you have a favorite sport to work? And I know this is a volleyball podcast. Don't feel obligated to say volleyball, even though we know it probably is. So I mean, you know, <laughs> I so at my time at Georgia, I only actually ever worked as an event manager to volleyball matches, and then I came here. And then my first five months here, that's when I had to take over the NIVC tournament and learn everything there is to know about volleyball because I hadn't known before. Um, And I enjoyed volleyball. um, And I enjoy the atmosphere and how everyone has a ton of fun in the fast pace. Um, But as I feel like a young person in your career, you're looking for the more challenging kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, for a long time, it was football just because it's football in the SEC. Yeah, why not? Um, and now it's basketball. Yeah. It's basketball presents these whole new parameters and challenges. It's such a short game, and there's so much that goes on. And especially now, uh, Ole Miss adding in the alcohol sales piece, there's just even more things to figure out. And that's what I kind of enjoy a lot about my job. Well, you have a good office. The pavilion is a really nice facility. Yes, it is a very nice facility. Yeah, that's kind of something, too. I mean, basketball is such a huge production, and they play three times as many games as football, so you're just that much busier. Plus, you do both men and women, Chris. Yes, yes. So double that, even. It's, I mean, it's a pretty big job, Anna Lynn. You know, small person, big job. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so just going backwards a little bit, you talked about what are some of the changes you do not like about Athens. What is still your favorite thing about Athens, the town, not necessarily just the university? Athens, the town, I would definitely say so my favorite coffee shop and coffee ever is Jittery Joe's, which is an Athens staple. If you ever go to Athens and you are at Stegman Coliseum for a volleyball match, you need to go right up the road to Five Points and go to the Jittery Joe's and just get you a black coffee because the coffee's that good. <laughs> we'll be there actually next week, so I will be sure to do that. We have played volleyball. Anything else you want to add about your time at Georgia? I mean, that's going a little off script, but I didn't know if you had anything you want to say I know <clears throat> you're a big Georgia fan, which I think is awesome. And it's funny working in athletics, you know, the different types of backgrounds people come from, but we all still 
cheer for the Rebs here at Ole Miss on game days, but you also love Georgia. So anything you want to add or talk about at the end? You know, it's it's a great university to attend, um, not only for the athletic side, but also the academic side. And that was ultimately what drew me to Georgia. It had nothing to do with athletics. And it's kind of funny how uh, playing sports, quit sports, then got back into sports. And so um, Georgia's a good place to be. Also, Oxford's a good place to mm-hmm. be. So, you know, go the Reps. is just a great place to be. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is for sure. Well, thanks so much for coming on and talking about your alma mater. Um, we really enjoyed it. We really like Athens. It's one of the places that we have been and spent some time in. So we're glad to hear um, a little bit more about it. Thanks. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. See you later. See ya. All right. Thanks, Annalyn, so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. I'm You're, definitely going to have to go get some Jittery Joes next week. Absolutely. That is just what I was about to say. Uh, and moving forward, uh, we are, or I'm going to sit back and relax, and we're going to learn a little bit about volleyball in Volleyball 101 with Coach Poogie. Okay, so we are just about done diagnosing the stat sheet, but we've got a couple more categories to talk about. Woo-woo. Uh, we are going to do defense and receive um for today's which are the last two main categories on the box score so under the defense category you'll see dig in all caps and b-h-e in all caps so let's talk about digs real fast a dig is defined as a first contact after an attack so that if someone on the other side swings and you dig the ball up um, that will count towards your score um, it does not count if you cover a blocked ball. Oh, that was, a, I was, y'all can't see, but I was raising my hand. I was about to I ask, what, let ha- you ask what happens it. if you dig a block. No, that does not count towards your dig total. It must come off an offensive attack. Huh, okay. So even though it technically did because someone on your side attacked it, it's got to come from the opposing team. Huh. Yeah. So, um, you know, digs are a great way for people to judge how well their team's playing defense. You can get your digs percent by dividing or your digs per set percent by dividing the amount of digs you have in a match by how many sets you played. And you can do that individually too for each player. Uh, the next category is BHE, and that stands for ball handling error. And that's going to be mainly for your second contact. Um, and that's a double contact, um, pretty much exclusively is what is going to get called for that. Um, so you'll see most of the time your setters are going to have that in the ball handling error section, sometimes an errant second person, maybe the libero Uh or something like that. It's typically not a high numbered statistical category. Uh And then reception is the one that follows that. And RE is the only statistic they take. In this one, and that stands for reception error. So that's going to come off the serve ball. The first contact off the serve is called your reception. And they count reception errors, which is an ace for the other team. But Short, Shorthand serve receive? Shorthand serve receive, yeah. Okay. So I hear serve receive a lot, and that's what I, I did not know it was called reception until just now. Yeah, reception. Oh, okay. Serve, receive, you. Yeah. Perfect. So, um... I've got our stat sheet pulled up against Auburn and we had three reception errors. Oopsies. But so then you'll see that reflected in um, Auburn's three aces. 
So that statistic will remain the same. Now, this might be a little bit more of just a coaching stat, but I hear you talking about, oh, Percy passed a two-point something this match. What does that mean? And if someone just so if someone hears it, they can understand. Absolutely. So we grade our serve-receive or our reception um, on a three-point passing scale. So a three-pass is a perfect pass where you can set all three hitters. Two-pass is an average pass where you can probably set your two pins. And a one-pass is an out-of-system ball where you're probably – you only have one option. You might be bump setting uh-huh. the ball, something like that. And so you that's not something that's statted on the stat sheet. So that's something that we keep track of on the bench. Um, <clears throat> we have someone who sits on the, on the computer. You'll see most people, most high-level volleyball teams have someone on the computer on the bench. They're taking statistics like those that aren't necessarily on the box score. Ah, all right. Well, um, Learn, or we've finished the stat sheet now, so moving forward, we'll have to we'll have to do volleyball one hundred and one on something else. But we've learned a lot in the past couple of weeks, and we continue to keep learning more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Andrew, do you have one more thing for us today? I do. So this week in Andrew's one more thing, I would like to shout out all of our continual listeners. We do uh, just. We appreciate uh, we appreciate all that y'all do. Um, it, it's kind of fun for us to do this as a project, but you know we also like to be at least semi successful. Um, and you know, for those of you who do listen every week, um, I would love for you guys to you know maybe not interact with us, but feedback. You know, we talked at the beginning of the episode about rating and reviewing us, but also like just you know, tweet at us or say, Hey, I wish y'all would do a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that. And I'm just really curious who some of y'all are. I don't know listeners. I, we don't have access to that. Who is listening, but we have locations of listeners. So I know that there's someone in Ames, Iowa that listens to all of our podcasts. And I just really want to know who you are. I have no, (laughs) I have no clue who you are and I want to know why you listen. Uh, so anyways, this is this one. My one more thing this week is for, uh, for all of our continual listeners. We really thank you guys and we're having a lot of fun doing it. And it's good to know that you guys are having fun listening as well. Um, next week we are, our feature is going to be Tennessee. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday, so they're actually currently playing Kentucky right now. Yeah. We're going to recap that. And then and they'll I'll, play Mizzou on Sunday. And then Sunday. they play Mizzou, who I just continue to have trouble saying on the podcast. Uh, so it'll be a fun week for Tennessee. Hopefully they can pull out some of these, some of these matches, uh, two big games against ranked opponents, but Tennessee is a strong team this year. So anyways, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, this episode and we, uh, we look forward to, to tuning in or to recording again next week. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in guys. Bye. All right. Bye.